2: In today's show, we cover the five biggest news stories from the world of Formula 1, including the latest from the racist incident for both Nelson Piquet and Uri Vips, the build-up to a full weekend of action at the British Grand Prix, McLaren looking to become a force on all fronts, and more details on F1's sustainability drive. Welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Every Wednesday we update you on everything you need to know from the world of F1. The show is brought to you by the new team at Formula Nerds. Keep up to date with all the latest news by visiting our website at Formulanerds.com. Now Sam and Grace are missing again this week, so we have the same group of four as last week. So first I'll go to Abby. How's it going, Abby?
4: It's good. We've got quite a bit of news to get through today, so I'm excited to discuss it all with you guys.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's been a really busy couple of days in fact today has been really busy but yeah we'll, we'll get on to that uh, and we've also got James how are you doing
1: pretty good same as Abby looking forward to getting to stuck into some of this we've got a lot to get through tonight
2: <laughs> yeah and finally Delilah how are you
1: all good thank
0: you um it's really hot here in Italy but it's okay
2: well, Yeah, as we know you've got air conditioning so it's it's all right for some isn't it don't have that personally but, on with the news. So, a bit of wrecking news to address before we get into it. The latest version of the 2023 F1 regulations is uh, shows still only three sprint events permitted, as things stand. But the FIA has approved a new qualifying format where only hard tyres will be permitted for Q1, only mediums for Q2, and only softs for Q3. The idea is set to be trialled at two Grand Prix next year to assess for 2024 and beyond. Now, What do you all think of that as an idea?
1: I think it's to level the playing field a bit, isn't it? Qualifying... Uh, I think it could have the opposite effect, to be honest. A lot of teams, if they struggle to get out of Q1 for whatever reason, pace, uh, damn conditions, whatever, will usually st- stick on a set of ultra-soft ultra, you know tyres or just soft tyres to try and get themselves out. If they're not able to do that, it'll have a lots of big hitters potentially leaving Q1, which isn't a bad thing, but I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been some political pushback from some of the lower teams on it. Yeah,
2: I agree. I mean... So you say it might be to level the playing field. How would it level the playing field? Like, hypothetically.
1: Well, you'd have everyone on the same tyre, effectively. So um, you'd you'd lose the ability to be able just to whack whack out a pair of soft tyres and off you go and try and improve your lap time or get out of a very dangerous situation you found yourself in. If you punt it into the barrier, uh, for whatever reason, you lose your run that's it, you're done. There's no way that you'll be able to improve on that time again, at least on the, on that same set of tyres. So I, it has the potential to add some spice, but I'm not sure if it's the right call. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, I have to be honest.
2: Yeah, I guess only time will tell. And it's probably a good thing that they're just doing a, a trial anyway for a couple of races rather than committing to it, you know, like Bernie did with his one that was a disaster and then they had to backtrack. Uh, and yeah, the sprints, I mean, i'm fine with three i think any more than that is more than we need anyway personally
0: yeah i'm not sure uh that actually the like the tire rule would actually equal the field especially probably in like q1 um because at the same time like you have a pretty big difference with the car and i do actually like the difference in like uh tire management and the strategies and i do think that it it is sort of taking away that, uh, and I know some drivers and some teams also complained about it. Um, probably last season or two seasons ago, uh, so I'm not sure about that. With the sprint races, I do think that uh, even with those only, even with only those three races, we will still have to see how they're going to handle it with like the um, um, budget cap and and everything else, uh, because I know there has been some discussion about that so probably yeah I mean it, it makes sense that it's not more, the three, more than three but even those three I think they will have to probably you know deal with it specifically uh, with the teams so it's weird to have this sort of like difference in views where Formula One obviously would like more sprint races and uh, the teams won't so I don't think we are probably still a hundred percent sure about this.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be an ongoing battle, I think. And yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes in the future. But yeah, on, the, on with the main stuff, on with the main news. Now, our lead piece of news is almost still breaking too. And it is, of course, the latest developments regarding the racist remarks made by Vips and PK. So for those who may somehow have missed it, Speaking late last year about the clash almost exactly a year ago at Silverstone between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, BK repeatedly referred to Hamilton by a term that I won't repeat, but that certainly has racist connotations. But it only finally started actually gaining real attention on social media this week. So Hamilton responded saying these archaic mindsets need to change and that the time for action was now. Uh, multiple teams, drivers, F1 itself released statements ...standing alongside Hamilton, and PK has now finally released his own statement today, which says... ...I would like to clear up the stories circulating in the media about a comment I made in an interview last year. What I said was ill sought out and I make no defence for it, but I will clarify that the term used is one that has widely and historically been used colloquially... ...in Brazilian Portuguese as a synonym for guy or person, and was never intended to offend. I would never use the word I have been accused of in some translations... I strongly condemn any suggestion that the word was used by me with the aim of belittling a driver because of his skin colour. I apologise wholeheartedly to anyone that was affected, including Lewis, who is an incredible driver, but the translation in some media that is now circulating on social media is not correct. Discrimination has no place in F1 or society, and I am happy to clarify my thoughts in that respect. seem that that wasn't enough for F1 though as Ted Kravitz has just confirmed the PK's champion pass for life has been revoked the paddock pass for life so who wants to go first?
4: I was astonished at what PK said and surprised that it did only come out this late I guess it's only been discovered because in the build up to Silverstone as it was relating to that last year but you can, you can say you're sorry however many times you want, and you can mean it, but actions sometimes speak louder than words. And I do think for F1 revoking his paddock access, that is the right thing to do at the moment because with diver- F1 is all about diversity. They're trying to increase diversity and having saying about racism... That should not be in any sport. And in this day and age, it shouldn't even be a thing that is still here. But it is, and it is so unfortunate and sad that it does happen. And especially for Lewis, I know that PK might have meant it as a slip of the tongue, but that still doesn't, that's still not an excuse for what he said. So it's a very difficult st- situation, but I do think F1 have made the right decision because racism shouldn't be a thing in this day and age
2: yeah like uh like lois said in his statement the time for action is now and obviously f1 have actually taken action which is nice to see i think a lot of people were fairly critical of f1 and a few of the team statements where they didn't actually name pk for whatever reason whether they were wary of i don't know libel or something like that but it's it's good to see them really taking action and, and making a point of it and yeah you say about uh, it being a slip of the tongue and Obviously, I don't speak Portuguese, but everything that I've seen online from people who are na- native speakers, be it from Portugal or Brazil, everyone says the way it was phrased was belittling. Obviously, he said, he can say that it just means guy or whatever. The fact that he referred to every other driver by name and Lewis by that term is pretty clear uh, exactly what he was trying to do with it. Now, I would speak for myself here but i will say that i think nelson pk is an asshole and it doesn't surprise me that he has come out and done something like this and he has done a, a lot of horrible things in the past uh, you know referring to senna and saying well i'm still alive and yeah i think he's a terrible human being and i'll leave it there
1: pk deserves everything he's got unfortunately um, i saw i saw the footage of uh, the senna comparison, which we'll leave it as that. He does have a bit of a history, does Nelson Piquet, of being, should we say, a bit unpleasant to teammates. The rivalry, I say rivalry, um, the put-downs of Nigel Mansell spring to mind, (laughs) the mind games he played with him during the season in the 80s. I think he's just part of an an old generation that's lost and more importantly, has never moved on from that. A A lot of the old generation have moved with the times and have continued to uh, promote the you know the good that Formula One can do. P. K. seems very much stuck in his ways, and I, I'd use a stronger word than arsehole to be honest with you, James. But uh, that's exactly what he is, and his ban is just deserved. And I hope he you know he's damaged goods now, as far as the sport's concerned. He is a world champion, but he will never set foot in a paddock again, or I think be anywhere seen with F one. And if I'm being brutally honest that statement that was written will be written by his press team. I cannot imagine PK himself coming up with the words, coming up with the apology, anything at all. He's stubborn as they come. I'm sure he he's had to say that apology, but I'd be really surprised if he wrote it.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I totally agree. And I mean, we saw the, the PKs doubled down, uh, basically but with an Instagram post that was then shown later that day, uh, which we don't really have time to get into. But yeah, it showed kind of the mindset maybe that, is within the family. I mean, I don't want to tar everyone with the same brush, but... And, yeah, for the record, arsehole was just uh, the strongest word that I felt was acceptable to use on the podcast. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, But, yeah, sadly, moving on to another racist incident, we also have the fallout from Yuri Vips. Uh, Now, we spoke about Vips on last week's show, but for those who may have missed it, he made racist and homophobic remarks during a live stream. It was confirmed yesterday by Red Bull that his contract had been terminated and he'll be removed from his role as test and reserve driver. high-tech have confirmed today, though, that he will see out the F2 season with the team, which they say will provide him with the opportunity to redeem himself. So, what do we make of those two decisions?
4: I think the wake up, it will be a wake-up call for VIPs, having been dropped from Red Bull and the Junior Academy. With regards to high-tech I think that because... He is so young, they're trying to give him the opportunity to redeem, learn and reflect on what he said. However, I think there is a line between what needs to happen. I think Hitek want to give him the guidance and help him through this. But then with PK, we've seen this action by F1, racism can't be allowed in the sport, and yet Vips did use a racist slur. But hopefully his behaviour will change and he will have learned from this and it will never happen again. And if it does, then the consequences will be more dire.
1: I'm really surprised he kept his driver high tech, to be honest, based on, the as you say, PK was banned. It's taken F1 a couple of days to do it, but nonetheless, he has been banned. I'm going to use a Star Trek analogy, so please forgive me for this. But there's an episode where uh, one of the younger cast members in The Next Generation does something extremely stupid and questionable and is made to retake his entire year at Starfleet Academy. And the captain at the end of the episode says, you are going to find this so tough and you will be hated and you will be reviled and you will have to prove yourself. And in, in a way, that's exactly what... Vips is being subjected to now. He knows he's gonna be he's gonna be damaged goods when he arrives in the paddock at this weekend. He's gonna have to push very hard, he's gonna be have a huge target on his back. How he responds to that pressure is gonna be vital. I personally do not understand why he's been given that drive. So if PK, a three times world champion, has been banned from the sport completely, I do not get why a younger driver, who we need to who we need to set examples for, the younger generation in general, if, it, if a younger generation now thinks it's okay for a racist slur to be used on a COD, st- on a, you know, a cod stream um, and then get away with it, you'll lose something huge, but you'll be allowed to continue. I'm really worried about the president that sets personally, but let's see what happens this weekend. Let's see what Vips comes out with. I've got no doubt he'll be at the press conference or maybe high Tech will try and keep him you know, hidden behind the scenes, but he will have to come out eventually and say something, and that's going to be interesting.
0: I will say, I do believe, especially in Vips, probably more concrete action need to be taken. Uh, Because, yes, I mean, it's okay. He still has his drive. He still has everything. Uh, I don't think that a racing driver continue to do what he always does, meaning racing is something that is going to make him grow. No, I think, you know... For example, when uh, and this is a very different example, but at the same time, when Verstappen had the incident with Ocon, he was forced to actually learn from it uh, and spend days with the FIA and do these things. I would say if VIPs needs to actually grow from this, do make him spend days learning how to respect the culture and learning how to respect people and getting up to the real world um, where people exist. Um, so yeah, I do think you want to give him the possibility to change and that's good, uh, because he's very young, because I do believe people can change, but actually make him change, actually, you know, set up, uh, create an environment that makes him change because otherwise if he just continues the racing, you're not actually giving him the chance to change. You're just ignoring what happened kind of.
2: Yeah, no, I think. You're right. And I mean, if anything is going to make that hit home, it is obviously being dropped by Red Bull because that's, you know, potentially the end of his dreams that he would have had since he was uh, very young. Uh, Just to finish on a a slightly lighter note, James, was that Wesley Crusher you were referring to?
1: Correct, it was. (laughs)
2: There you go. See, I'm down with the Star Trek references.
1: This
3: episode is brought to you by Eight Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer and nature's best medicine. Consistent good sleep can help reduce the likelihood of serious health issues, decrease the risk of heart disease, lower blood pressure, and even reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. Yet, still more than 30% of people struggle with sleep and temperature is one of the main causes of poor sleep. I personally have always struggled to get the right temperature in my room when I'm sleeping and ruining my sleep. Now I'm falling asleep in record time. Thank you to 8sleep pod pro cover. The pod pro cover is one of the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. You can add the cover to any mattress that you already own. The temperature of the cover will adjust to each side of the bed based on your sleep stages, biometrics and the bedroom temperature reacting intelligently to create their optimal sleeping environment. Go to eightsleepcom forward slash Formula Nerd to check out the Pog Pro cover and save £150 at checkout. 8 Sleeps ships to the USA, Canada and the UK.
4: Well, as we've already said, this weekend we are going to Silverstone. It is the British Grand Prix and Sam and I will be in the Formula 2 and Formula 3 paddock to see all the action and the drivers as well. But for F1, there have been upgrades... Rumoured for some certain teams, we have Alpine, Aston Martin, Mercedes and Albon potentially bring in upgrades and with Albon, it is only Albon at Williams, it is not Latifi and it is along the lines or reportedly along the lines of the same concept as Red Bull to check its behaviour and see if it's working. So we could see some of those teams improve from what they have and it has been said that because Silverstone is a more traditional circuit and it is a smooth track... Mercedes could have a very good weekend there. Now, I would like to see Mercedes have a good weekend because it is their home Grand Prix and they have two British drivers. So, fingers crossed for them. But McLaren and Haas are not bringing any upgrades. They are actually in danger of having no major upgrades left throughout this season, which is a bit sad for those drivers and for the teams because Haas were doing so well at the start of the season. And McLaren... I feel they have a long way to go, but Andrea Seidel has said that they're not bringing any major upgrades because that is not the area they need to focus on to improve. Do you guys agree with Seidel, or and what do you think about all the upgrades that some teams are bringing?
1: The Albon upgrades are—I don't, I don't—hilarious is the wrong word, but to have a Red Bull back driver. Test of, re- of effectively what sounds like a Red Bull based package on a on a on a Williams car is quite funny. <laughs> um, I can understand completely why they've done it. Albon clearly was a test driver there last year. He'll know what to expect from that package clearly. Uh, but that's yeah, that's I think it just it doesn't hit Nicholas Atifi in the head in their head more. But it's not ideal for him at all in that at all really. Um, in terms of McLaren, I think. They are in t- such trouble, and I'm a McLaren fan. I had to keep reminding myself of that on the podcast. I do love McLaren, but they are in such trouble at the moment. They have they they clawed their way back after such a difficult start to the season, but the car is not performing well. Ricardo's started to find his his rhythm now. We think, hopefully, the British Grand Prix will prove that. But the team has now fallen so far behind. They're, they're now stuck in P4. They will not fight for P3 this year because Mercedes are far too far ahead. But they're at risk of losing, dropping to fifth or sixth. So I think McLaren, I don't, know, I don't know what to make of McLaren this weekend. I think it's a remarkable decision not to upgrade. And Aston Martin, let's see what happens and let's see if it's anything as related to Red Bull. Maybe they, they'll even paint it blue. Who knows?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, do, do we have any idea what the, when Abby, you say that they've said these aren't the areas they need to focus on, what are the areas they need to focus on? Do we know? Because, I mean, what is an area that isn't going to be an upgrade?
4: It's Andrea Seidel said that they need to unlock more performance from the package that they have, but not try and change anything on it. They're aware they have to improve, but they don't want to bring any more upgrades in order to do that. So they're in a bit of a catch-22 there.
2: Yeah, so I guess it's just trying to, to gain an understanding. The same as Mercedes. Uh, it's a case of trying to yeah, unlock the potential within the car. So, yeah, I'm sure they know what, they know what they're doing when it boils down to it.
4: Well, as I mentioned, it is F2 and F3 as well this weekend. So it'll be interesting for those feeder series to see whether Felipe Dragovic can maintain his 49-point lead in the championship. And for Victor Martins to see if he can continue leading F3 as well. And whether Arthur Leclerc will finally get back up to the top or not. But it is also W series for their third race of the season.
0: Yes, W Series, um, this week we'll have six British drivers racing, which is incredible, and we'll have to see whether Jamie Chadwick can continue her sort of streak of dominance so far, um, or whether, you know, Pauling and Powell can eventually catch up to it, which um, do looks like something that is going to happen, because they do look um, incredible this year. So, yeah, hopefully it's going to be great. And, well, if anyone also wants to start watching, this will be the only weekend, this will be available live on Channel 4 as well. So do start watching W Series because usually it's great at Silverstone. As we mentioned W Series, uh, we do know now that Zac Brown did declare that uh, it would be possible for McLaren to actually create its own team in W Series as uh, McLaren does want to uh, have more female drivers. So what do you think about that? Do you think it's going to be like... Um, a good thing to see maybe bigger brands and bigger like teams associated with Formula One get into W Series?
4: I think, yeah, having McLaren join W Series, it would certainly bring more of an audience, I think, because McLaren is such a big team. They're in IndyCar, Formula One, Formula E, Extreme E. They're in every aspect of motorsport nearly. So I feel like it would make sense for them to try and join W Series to get their hands in everything. And I think it's great that Zac Brown wants more female drivers. It is something that needs to happen. And I think when we think of female drivers, we automatically just assume W Series. You don't think of Formula 3, Formula 2 or Formula 1, really. So it would definitely be great to see. And I'm hoping that something does come out of this.
1: I reckon it could be the start of other Formula 1 teams perhaps making the jump now that McLaren have made that others will follow whether it's a season or two I don't know but I think Red Bull will probably be the next one to maybe make the jump because they've got such a strong driver pool they could really make that Very easily And do it well More importantly The final topic In our action pack show today Is Formula 1's drive To reach carbon net zero By 2030 There's a whole host Of announcements In a press release That's just been made Uh, The first goal Is to try and have Much more well, 100% sustainable fuel By 2026 They're working on A new type of fuel Which they want as well To be almost compatible With road cars Which sounds really exciting Uh, The other things They're trying to do as well Is look at More more efficient ways To get fans to the track Uh, They also want to look At freight logistics uh and also maybe sorting the calendar out so we don't do a trip maybe i know, don't know azerbaijan to canada in a week which does seem a bit silly to be honest uh they want to look at stuff like that as well <laughs> so i strongly suspect that the reason why this announcement has been made now is because that got them a bit of uh a bit of slack but funnily enough that's not mentioned in the press release so i don't know what you guys make of that
2: yeah i mean it, i think it's It's essential if they're going to keep adding races that they need to make it make as much sense logistically as possible. And like you say, I mean, Azerbaijan, Canada, and then straight back to Europe is crazy. Uh, Yeah, so I think it it makes the most sense. And in terms of the fuel, if they can, obviously that has generally been the case that everything F1 is on the very forefront of motorsport technology. So yeah, I think if those can you know eventually work their way down to, to road cars, then that's ideal really and i'm sure that's the aim in pretty much everything they're doing on this front
4: i'm glad that they are going and pushing with this sustainability route and helping to make the grand Prix more sustainable in the aspect of the fans as well with recycling and reducing waste i mean we saw sebastian vessel last year picking up all the litter from silverstone so helping reduce all that would also help so it's good to see
0: I will say though, with the, um, uh, with the calendar, probably I think Domenicali might have said already that uh, they're already looking at avoiding um, travels for example, Azerbaijan to Canada uh, already in 2023. Um, so I do think it does take more time because, of course, it's also about, like, scheduling and also putting up with the weather, for example, Canada and everything else. Uh, but it is good to see that they are acknowledging that, also because it's not just about the environment, although that is obviously uh, an important concern, but also because of the, the mechanics and everyone that works in F1 that needs to go from one place to the other. Um, and then, yeah, with I think it's also great that, uh, you know, F1 also always sort of has this tension in trying to be at the forefront of Formula One, while at the same time finding solutions that can be uh, applicable to, you know, normal uh, people. So I do think that if they do manage to do it, it's going to be incredible. And that's obviously the the key for the future to also improve the sustainability in the long term for F1.
1: Well, I'll just quickly read one of this one, you know, this part of the, uh, the statement, which says it will be, quote, a drop-in fuel, so-called because it can be used in the same form as road cars and normal internal combustion engines. F1 will work closely with F2 and F3 to try out the sustainable fuels. It doesn't give a timeline, but it will be interesting to see what, you know, when, when eventually we see this, that F2 and F3 will be the proving ground for this. And that will be interesting, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's going to be all about the future now. Forevermore for f1 isn't it but that's enough about the future for this week i think we've just about managed to squeeze all of that news into into the show so thank you for joining us be sure to head over to formula nerds.com to check out the latest news and then be sure to check out the podcast on sunday the cut to the race podcast where we'll be discussing everything that has happened at the british grand prix so james abby delilah thanks for joining me
4: thanks for having us
1: I'm going to say live long on Prosper. I'm sorry, I can't resist it. Just just, uh, just because we're at the end.
2: (laughs) That's perfect. We'll just make that the the official sign-up. Live long on Prosper, everyone. See you next week. Hi, I'm Louise Goodman, and you're listening to the fantastic Podcast Network.